0: Welcome into EdTech Bytes. So glad you all are joining us today. We are a DCPS, which is Duval County Public Schools affiliated podcast. This is a new podcast on the scene that we are trying to enter into the space and provide educators a new way to have a conversation around education and technology, thinking about all the new ways that we are changing education, that education is changing us. And I'm joined today um, with my coworkers Kelly and Kim, and I'm going to have us give a little brief introduction about who they are, our experiences, why we're doing what we're doing, what we're currently doing, and um, where we want to see education going in the future. So I'm Mike Sisir. I've been in education for 10 years. Well, actually, this is my 11th year in education now, and I came from um, the classroom setting where I taught two years in a inner city school teaching social studies, I taught eighth and I taught seventh grade, um, all the different subjects in social studies. And then I moved to high school where I taught for seven years. And I mainly taught US history, which was my biggest passion. But really, it wasn't really about the content. It was just about having conversations with kids, um, seeing kids grow and seeing kids move on to the next level and work towards graduation was my favorite part. I also coached when I was in high school and middle school, which is actually something that I really miss about being in that setting. But now I work for the technology innovation team for Duval County Public Schools, um, and that's where this idea kind of spurred from, and I'll let my coworkers kind of talk more about that. So, Kelly?
1: I'm Kelly Prenary. Uh, this is also my 11th year in education. Um, I taught at a middle school uh, for eight years before I came into the technology innovation team. Um, I taught language arts, primarily eighth grade language arts, um, and that's definitely, those babies have my heart. Eighth graders are special. Um, but I also had the pleasure of teaching sixth through eighth graders, theater, and creative writing, um, which is always a blast. And I do have sentimental moments where I deeply, deeply miss it. Um, but yeah, so this uh, podcast is definitely a new passion of ours, and we're really excited to go on this journey
2: with all of our
1: soon-to-be new listeners.
2: Hey there, everybody. My name is Kim Landtroop, and uh, this is actually my 23rd year in education. Sheesh. <laughs> I, st- I started out, uh, unlike Kelly and Mike, I have been elementary primarily for my entire career. I started out at a private school where I taught second, third, and fourth grade. And then when I decided that I wanted to move more into a coaching type of role, I moved into the county. I worked at a charter school. Where or I did support... Um math teachers in grades K through 8. And then I moved back into the classroom in um, a school called GRASP. And what that was, I had students that were two or more years below grade level. So we did a lot of small group work, really working with them to kind of bring them up to speed to where they need to be. And then I moved into um, a math coaching position at an inner city school, which I absolutely loved. I was there for four years. And then I moved into a district role as a math specialist. So I did a lot of curriculum writing and trainings and working with teachers and modeling lessons, which was just awesome because I still got to be in the classroom with them. And now I've been on the technology innovation team for a year and a half, and I'm loving this new adventure. So we're so excited that you're here for our pilot podcast, and we are going to have a blast.
0: Yeah, so first I want to just quickly talk about some of the hopes and dreams for this podcast. Obviously, we want to go completely viral and blow it up and be on mm-hmm. top 10 charts, which obviously we will. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> but the idea really came from uh, we were, we're faci- we facilitate online coursework, asynchronous cor- coursework for Duval County Public Schools. Um, I'm just going to refer to that as DCPS from now on because I hate saying all those words. But in response to those programs that we facilitate, we got a lot of feedback from educators that told us they want to have open dialogue. They want to have a place to keep the conversation moving forward in education, not just simply static work that they are receiving and then doing something with. They want to be a part of the conversation. So we found these random microphones in our office and Kelly was like, oh, we should do a podcast. (laughs) And that's really where the idea came from. And a month or two later, we have a setup and we are currently recording our first episode. So that's kind of where this idea spurred from. And we're going to probably evolve it as it goes. So what you see right now might change. But here's the structure of this podcast that we hope you'll enjoy. We're going to break the podcast down into three segments for each episode. And because we're EdTech Bites, we are going to have the appetizer segment, the main course, and the dessert. Everyone's favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The appetizer segment is going to be about technology highlights, maybe updates in tech, maybe updates in education, just things that what's new. We might also have potential guest interviews, some very exciting ones, <laughs> maybe some of our coworkers, <laughs> um, and then we might even reach out on Twitter and see who we can snag and do some virtual interviews.
1: And definitely teachers that are in our district and have things to say and never get the opportunity to say them. That's what I would really like to see us bringing in some of our
2: on-the-field experts that we have. Yeah, on the ground. Yeah, on the ground. Absolutely. They share all the wonderful things they're doing with others.
0: Uh, Our main course is what the podcast name is going to be about, like the title of each podcast. So this one is called Innovating Under Pressure. So we're going to talk all about the pressures of education, uh, things that are going on in education currently, um, the pressures associated with it and also ways to innovate and grow and kind of adapt with those changes. Uh, But we're going to have all different types of uh, main course items that you'll see in the titles of each podcast episode.
1: And in our first season, we are focused on uh, 21st century learning design, which is kind of our big push in our district and really all over the place now. Microsoft is pushing it really huge. So we're going to be focused on that
2: for our first. And a little about our district is we are a Microsoft district, so we use a lot of Microsoft tools, um, which we really enjoy, and so we work closely with Microsoft on that.
0: Yeah, and then our dessert segment, obviously everyone's favorite, is brain teasers or maybe something that is a thought-provoking question, maybe a fun game that we'll play, maybe a little competition that we'll play as the the trio of hosts here with you, and it's all going to be about education or technology in general. So those are our three segments, our appetizer, main course, and dessert. And we hope that you all enjoy. We're going to start off with our main course, which the title of the episode you should see is Innovating Under Pressure. And we're going to have three different parts to this main course. Um, We have our vent session, where we're going to talk about the elephants in the room of education. You know, these are the things that We will complain about these are the things that are problems in education, challenges in education, um, obstacles, things to overcome. And then we're going to have a hope session, which is all about new ways, new things that are happening in education, whether that be technology, um, whether that be devices, whether that's strategies, um, all different types of tools for learners. And then the third part of this main course is going to be how to leverage the positive to relieve the negative. So those three parts um, are all going to be in the main course that we're just going to have an open dialogue about and discuss. So let's start with you, Kelly.
1: All right. Um, so we we really think it's important to go through kind of what we're dealing with right now, and we know a lot has changed, and not all of it is good. Um, so we know one of our biggest struggles right now, and for us in Florida, it's really bad, and really it's bad. Everywhere, it seems right now, is what we call are calling affectionately the teacher shortage. Um,
0: affectionately. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I was reading the, an article the other day, and it referenced how um, a shortage isn't quite accurate, but really it's an exodus for a lot of the reasons that we're going to kind of address and talk about today. Um, so hopefully we can offer, start to brainstorm some solutions that are achievable and Ed- that educators can do to relieve the pressures that arrive from there being such a, a deficiency of educators in the classrooms.
2: Yeah, in Duval County, we're getting ready to start our year on Monday, and we have close to 400 teacher vacancies. So teachers are really feeling the pressure this year to make it happen.
0: One of the statistics that I brought up from the NEA, and this, I saw this when I was still in the classroom, was teachers retiring early. They're, they're, they they want to get out of the profession. They they don't want to stick around in the field as often. And from the NEA, it says 55% of educators now indicate they're ready to leave the profession earlier than planned. So 55% of the teachers you see in buildings are already thinking about the exodus that Kelly just mm-hmm. said. Um, it's it's It might not be the lifelong profession that it always was in my mind growing up. Like right. when I wanted to get an education, it was like, oh, that's going to be my job. That'll yeah. be it. Um, I don't need to leave because it's such a great career, but now you see these numbers, and it's it's no wonder why that we're having this teacher shortage. Right, that and says. then we
1: have very few students wanting to pursue education. Um, and another survey from two thousand and nineteen from the Student Research Foundation showed only three point four percent of high school students are interested in becoming teachers, which is scary. If we have these teachers leaving the field, we do not have enough teachers interested in filling those spaces. And that that those numbers have declined steadily over the past several years as well.
0: Um, one of the other things that I wanted to address just coming from the classroom was the teacher, I mean, the classroom sizes, just the amount of kids uh-huh. in the classroom. I know that in my nine years, I steadily saw my classroom numbers go up um, from middle school where I had about 22-ish, 24-ish So when I was leaving the classroom. In my honors class, I had roughly 40 students in a regular. This wasn't like a bigger classroom. This is a regular classroom. And those types of pressures, it also adds just stress on the teacher's plate because it's not only just it's hard to manage. It's also hard to grade, hard to plan for, hard to think about all of these kids and really put in the same amount of time that you'd want to give for each kid.
2: And differentiating your instruction there, I mean, it makes it so much more challenging because you're only one person, and when you have all of those students with all of those different needs, it can just make the stress level go through the roof with the teachers.
1: And on top of battling all of that, we also, in Florida, have a whole new set of standards for um, reading math and for social studies, civics, social studies. So on top of having increased class sizes and lack of space and... Now you also are having to adapt to new standards that you've never taught. And so you have to throw away, essentially, the lesson plans you've been using for years and years. And really, all of these added pressures, there are possible solutions that if you leverage technology in the right way, you can relieve some of those pressures. And that's really what we want to focus on. Because we can't make changes to, you know, the teacher shortage. We can't make changes to... What they're doing to solve the problem by increasing class sizes, but we can offer some solutions to make your life a little bit more manageable while you are battling those things. So let's go ahead and jump into our hope session. A little bit and talk about what some of those challenges actually, the, due to COVID, we've increased a lot of our um, access to laptops, access to internet. There have been some benefits. Sure, we've experienced a lot of negatives and COVID did have a play in that. Not That's not the only playing factor, but it did have a play. But Let's talk about some of the benefits that have come out of some of the negative things that we've already faced.
0: So one of the statistics that I found from 2020, which obviously was the big COVID year, um, to 2022, the usage of the internet has increased by 1,355%, which wow. just makes sense, right? I mean, Yeah, because
2: everywhere was doing that. Everywhere had to go immediately to virtual, just sure. the whole world shut down.
0: I mean, oh. school districts across the country had to figure out ways to adapt in a weekend sometimes. I know in Duval County, we literally adapted in one weekend, got yeah. everybody onto Microsoft Teams, figured out how to do... Uh, synchronous got, classes, Got
1: laptops out to students, got hotspots out to students.
0: And this other study said 2019, 95% of three to 18 year olds had home internet access. So we're seeing a lot more internet access across the country at home, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously know the increased usage of internet. And now it's just about Using that technology in the most productive ways, because obviously kids can be on YouTube for hours, which you know, of course. Granted, I could be on YouTube (laughs) for hours and hours. Yeah, sure. Um, But we do want to make sure that we're using this technology in an appropriate way and in a way that just benefits what's going already going on in the classroom. Mm -hmm.
2: And that's why our team is really focusing on encouraging our teachers to continue to use that technology to make their classrooms more student-centered learning. That is happening there. So not stopping using Microsoft Teams just because we're back in face-to-face classrooms, but continuing to really use all these tools to enhance their engagement and their collaboration.
1: And really a lot of our educational tools that, that we use, at least, and I know Google has changed so much. We're not a Google district, but I know many are, and Google has added so many features to make their educational platforms work so much better, and Microsoft has done phenomenal work in making their tools better so we went from teams that was used for business primarily to using it for education and they were so quick to respond to educators desires and needs and they continuously and are continuing to make improvements to make these tools better for students in all literally all students students with special needs they're adding various equity pieces and social emotional learning pieces into what they're doing, that it's really like it's a game changer.
0: And one of the things that I love to see, and we always push this for our teachers, is from the pandemic, a lot because we had to get accustomed to using technology, the real push now is continuing to use this, these tools and this technology in face-to-face settings. Uh-huh. So I know that's always a big push for our team because that's what we do. We are an integration team. But 70% of schools are now saying that teachers are using technology for activities normally that are done in the classroom. So that is, it's an encouraging thing yeah. to see that, like, we're actually, I know COVID had so many downsides, but it actually might have pushed education into a new modern era. Which really
2: focuses on that 21st century, 21st century learning design.
0: Which we're going to get into, obviously, in the next couple of episodes. But let's, now that was, we had our vent and we had our hope. Mm-hmm. About equal time yeah. given, yeah. even though maybe we could go on and on for venting it. We
2: could and definitely go
0: on, and <laughs> it. That's why but we're going
2: to choose to focus on the positive things and the things yes. that are out there to really
0: help teachers. We're an optimistic podcast. Yeah, we're yeah. optimistic. We We are
2: positive. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about how to leverage that positive to relieve the negative. So let's kind of go down a list here and think about some of those negatives we talked about and ways in which the positive, a positive from technology or new enhancements in education can actually overcome that.
2: Well, I think we talked quite a bit about the class sizes and how those are getting so much bigger. One of the great tools that I think were underutilized was all of the accessibility tools that are out there through Microsoft. I'm sure through Google has some as well. I'm not as familiar with those, but things that we can use for um, students to really help them. Um, if we can't provide all that one-on-one support with them in the classroom as much as we would like. Right.
1: The immersive reader is one that is truly a life changer. Um, For those students that you have that can't read for themselves and can't access the content and need you to be there to help them, instead of you needing to go around to every individual student and help them pronounce a word or read the directions again, they can utilize the immersive reader to have it read for them. And it's such an empowering way for them to be able to access the content that they need without being embarrassed that they don't understand what they're reading or they can't read what they're looking at. It's really
0: powerful. And so many kids are are behind in reading because of the learning gaps that we saw during the pandemic. So immersive reader is one of those tools that it's found on all of the applications Mm -hmm. that we really use in our classroom. So many of the tools you can see that little immersive reader icon and you can click on it and kids, if you teach the kids how to use it, all the kids... Not just the ones that really need it, but like all the kids could benefit from it.
1: Yeah, it can improve fluency, it can improve just them really being able to access the meaning of words in a really quick fashion.
0: And talking about fluency, one of the things that we talked about was learning gaps, and reading was a big uh, learning gap that we saw, especially for high-income, I mean low-income areas, the learning gaps were much, much greater. And one of the great tools that Microsoft has been promoting and pushing out is Reading Progress and Reading Coach to go along with Reading Progress. And Reading Progress is a tool that you can attach onto any Word document that or any kind of reading assignment that you have, um, and students will read the passage and it will time them and it will listen to what they are saying and the words, the way in which they're pronouncing the words of that passage. And it'll give them a score, a breakdown. It'll record them so they can see themselves speaking these words. And it truly will help them become more proficient readers um, and have more confidence in reading as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Then another thing that we kind of talked, well, I didn't really talk about it too much, but we all know it exists, is that um, our admin are always pressured from you know, the people above them, and those pressures trickle down. And there's a big push to have evidence, especially when um, students might not be getting the grades that we would like them to get. There's a lot of push to have evidence for why they have a certain grade. Um, And even vice versa, if there's a parent that comes in and wants to know exactly what their student is doing because maybe they don't believe their student is learning anything. Um, Student portfolios are an incredible way to facilitate that, and there are many ways to do that. OneNote is a fantastic way to have access to all the students' work that they're doing throughout the course of the year. Wakelet is another incredible option for for students to track and store their work, for them to have projects, and then they can take that with them wherever they go. So they can essentially build this portfolio that goes with them year to
2: year to year. And for teachers as well, as they develop lessons or develop activities or things, they can use both of those platforms to create their own portfolios to make it more organized and easier for them to access as they move into the next year. Which kind of brings us to another topic, which we didn't really touch on before, but several teachers are getting into teaching new courses or new grade levels and especially As we stated, with our standards all changing in Florida, all of our textbooks and all of our materials are changing as well. So not only does people moving into a new grade have to learn new material and things like that, but everybody in our district or actually in our state is going to have to learn how to use these new resources. So to kind of help in that vein, we have, there's a lot of educational video content out there on the web, but using teams as we do is an amazing, amazing way to promote collaboration amongst all of the staff in the county. People can share ideas. They can chat with each other, they can jump on meetings and talk and share what they've learned, what works well, and even activities or things that they've designed for their classrooms. And also Twitter. Twitter is a huge PLN for all of us on our team. And we should probably share our Twitter handles because we, we didn't be. do that. We will be. We will. Oh, That's we will, part of our dessert. For I'm this sorry. Session. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> you know, we all love that dessert. So, But definitely having a professional Twitter has been amazing, even when I moved into this role, to help me really learn and understand these different platforms and connect with other professionals who are using them as well.
0: So with that, let's, we're going to dive into our next segment here in just a sec, talking about um, professional learning networks and how to use social media to better emphasize what you're already doing in your classroom. We're going to jump into our last segment of today's podcast episode. The dessert, which I titled S'more Learning. So clever.
2: So So clever. clever.
0: (laughs) Everybody loves s'mores. And hopefully everybody loves Twitter. I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe you'll love Twitter if you start to implement it or use it maybe the best way possible for educational purposes. Um, I know that when I jumped into this role as a technology innovation specialist, I didn't have Twitter. Or at least I did, but I had it like from 2007 (laughs) when I was graduating high school. Um, I'm that old. But when I started using Twitter professionally, I got to see just how powerful of a tool it can be. Um, it can really introduce you to the entire world of educators, um, the, what they're doing in their classrooms, just random ideas that they have in their head. It, it kind of does some of the things that we're trying to do with this podcast, which is keep the conversation going yep. or make connections.
1: And we hope to be able to use Twitter as a means to keep the conversation in this podcast going because obviously we don't have listeners sitting here with us but we would like for that
2: to be a way to connect with you all and get your feedback and one of the coolest things about Twitter that I absolutely love is being able to connect with those platforms all of the platforms that we support have their own Twitter handles and that's how they mainly communicate so we are really on the front lines of finding out all of the different updates that are coming and all of the things and that they are working on with those platforms.
0: And one of the things that just sparked my mind is I would love if educators started to reach out to us through our Twitter handle, which we're going to introduce in a second, and pose questions that we can ask on this podcast so we can shout you out and we can ask your question and we can talk about what you're seeing in education today. Um, So let me start with my Twitter handle. We'll go around the room and introduce everyone's Twitter handle so you all can give us a follow. So I'm Cicere in EdTech.
2: I'm um, K underscore Pruderi. And I am at Kim Landtroop
0: And our Twitter handle is...
2: Uh, DCPS EdTech Bytes.
0: So original. DCPS, again, Duval County Public Schools. Right. In case you missed it earlier. <laughs> so we're going to end the dessert today with uh, a little round table of going around the room and saying, what is our favorite application to start off the year with? And um, we're really going to Put that onto social media, on, on our Twitter, and uh, try to get that conversation going with you all to kind of spark some, some of that thought process as to what might be useful in the classroom as we begin our new school year.
1: So my starter app is OneNote, um, my favorite application to get students going because they need it all year long.
2: I have to go with my favorite, which is Wakelet. And a shameless plug, I am a Wakelet ambassador. But when I was teaching, I use that constantly with my kids to collaborate and provide engaging activities.
0: And mine is Flip, formerly known as Flipgrid, but only the cool kids know it's Flip now. And I use it because I always like to do student introductions, have them figure out ways, like have me learn ways to pronounce their name the correct way, a little bit about who they are. Um, kind of gets into that whole student voice idea. So with that, I want you guys to go onto Twitter, jump on, find us on ed, uh, DCPS at EdTechBytes and put in your favorite application to start the new year, hashtag starter app. We're so glad you were able to join us today for the first episode to EdTech Bytes. And once again, I'm Mike.
2: I'm Kelly. And I'm Kim. Thank you so much for listening to EdTech Bytes.
0: Bye-bye.